Welcome to Tel Aviv. So, I have very uncomfortable question to you. Crimea is Ukraine? Yikes. Welcome to the EuroWhat, episode number 40 for the week of February 25th, 2019. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. We are a couple of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. And this week, we'll be talking about... Oh, boy. Uh, oh, yeah. The, this just, past weekend. Whole... <laughs> I mean, like, there's the Oscars and just... Ugh. Yeah. And on top of that, all of the Eurovision things. <laughs> it's been a rough week, and I don't think anybody was really anticipating that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I certainly was not when I looked at the range of things we had going on this weekend. Yeah. So first, I want to give ourselves a little bit of a shout out uh, for like throwing out into the universe, asking for ticket updates at the end of last week's episode. And we got them. And that just kind of set off the events of the week of uh, everybody yeah. being in a real and, and, bad mood. And then mood. the monkey's paw <laughs> curled the finger, and yeah, and here we are. Yeah, so tickets still aren't on sale, but we uh, got listings of the ticket prices, and it's going to be expensive to go to even the rehearsals for Eurovision this year. Yeah, yeah, I looked at those prices, I was just like, wow. Yeah. That is a lot. That is a lot of money to go to a rehearsal. Yeah. Like, I think part of the whole pricing structure is just, like, a supply and demand thing, since they have only about 4,000 seats uh, up for grabs uh, yeah, like at any one event. Yeah, a lot of supply, uh, so they can demand a lot more. Yeah, just looking at these prices, it's really shocking. Like, the tickets that we got last year were in the sort of standing room pit area, like not right up against a stage, which is called the Golden Circle or the Golden Ring. Um, mm -hmm. Comparable tickets this year are three times the price. And it's like, wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was I was definitely looking to you to understand like how much these had increased by. And dang, that is that is a lot. And remember, there are no hotel rooms in Tel Aviv to stay in. Like you're going to be staying on a cruise ship or on the ground in a camp in a campsite. Yeah, there there was one tweet that I saw where it's like, oh, you know, Madonna, which is uh, who's been rumored to be like one of the interval acts. They're just like, yeah, Madonna better be there if you're paying these sort of prices for tickets. And and even like the green room where you're in the separate pavilion, those are really expensive. They're throwing in like food and drink to go with that, but still, like this is. Uh, if you're going to Eurovision, like it is going to be an investment this year. Yeah, like that is just a lot of money. So uh, start. I mean, you probably should have started saving your pennies already. But yeah, pennies, nickels, dimes, save them all because you're going to yeah, like hundred dollar <laughs> bills. Just, like wherever you can like hide that, start saving now because dang. Uh, yeah. So that um, that that just kind of set the tone for the week, uh, and it did not seem to get better. <laughs> yeah. No. Like midweek, we had like a fun thing where I. I forget if we mentioned it on the show or not, but like Israel had been developing a program that I think was meant sort of like in the lead up to the London Olympics, they had like a fun program on the BBC that was like a fictional version of the planning committee running into details. And it was a comedy. It's very funny. 
uh, in the lead up to, to Eurovision, uh, Israel has been planning a television program tentatively called like Deux Point, which ha, um, yep. <laughs> where, where, where the plot is that like one of the entries is Muslim and he's not actually gay and he's going to blow up the competition and a very Eurovision like program, wink, wink, nudge, nudge in France, who uh, has an entrant who is an LGBTQ Muslim was like, uh, hey, guys, could you not? Uh, and Israel said no. And then Jan Olasan got sent in to mediate uh, because France like was threatening to uh, boycott this year. Just in terms of the subject matter, like not even the fact that uh, like the main subject of the show like matches the profile of one of the contestants this year. Like just, that, just that's like, bad enough. But yeah, just like the premise of what if there was a terrorist attack being planned on this major event? And it's like, I'm not actually even sure if it's a comedy or if they're, if they're pitching it that way, but like, it, it's just in poor taste when you're hosting that kind of event. Yeah, particularly when security is one of the major concerns at Eurovision. Like, going to Kiev two years ago, I felt more secure there than when uh, Michelle Obama spoke at my school. Like, <laughs> yeah. that just like the military presence and yeah, just having any sort of question of security at the event, it's just like, oh, just. Don't add that to the list of don't yeah don't add that to uh, the list of logistical things you have to plan about like it should not get to the point that Yanola Sand has to like mediate right and he's already had to do that so much this year and it's not getting any better uh, we'll get into that in a little bit so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> because we're, like it was fun like last week thinking that was going to be like the height of the craziness this week mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the on the plus side, uh, the partnership with My Heritage seems to be going along swimmingly. Oh yeah, those guys. Remember, like a few months ago, we were like, "Oh man, My Heritage is going to do a sponsored thing." I bet you they're going to like try and trace down somebody's like ancestry and figure out who's related to who at mm-hmm. Eurovision. Yeah, I think the first post that I saw because they have like three or four posts up on their website. We'll have a link to it in our show notes. They were talking about who are cousins with whom and. One of the listings was, oh, this person's uh, 23rd cousins, twice removed. And it's just like, so they're both humans? <laughs> yeah, they both, they both are people who exist on this earth. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, also, and also Genghis Khan. Right. Yeah, like I was tr- trying to do some research. It's like, okay, so what is 23rd cousin twice removed? Like, what does that actually mean? And the like first five articles that came up talked about how the latest royal baby is 23rd cousin twice removed from Beyonce. And it's like, oh, okay. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. You, you learned yeah. a thing, which means the article was a success. I guess, uh, yes. Right now, what I like... Just pitching articles for for my heritage for this Eurovision tie-in series. Uh, how many members of Genghis Khan from the seventies mm. are related to Genghis Khan? There we go. I have very reasonable rates. Please contact me, my heritage. I guess that does kind of go into the selections that happened last week, particularly it Germany's. Does. Germany had Unser lead for Israel last Friday, which was great. Uh, I was actually surprised by the the range of songs that they had. Like they had some good ones, I thought. Uh, uh, yeah. I, okay. I, yeah. I, I mostly reviewed the top three, and I like the top three. So I thought it was kind of a. It felt very mechanical to me. Okay. Like j- just like a lot of songs that were songs for Eurovision instead of just being songs that happened to be for Eurovision. Like, okay. If, yeah. You know I mean, I mean they but... did have like a big. They made a big deal about having like a giant writers' camp. So when you when you get a bunch of people in a room to write Eurovision songs, they're going to write Eurovision songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one that ended up winning was by the duo named S. Sters, or I guess Sisters, <laughs> and their song, Sister. Now, shine like 
I don't think it's a great song, but I think it was the most cohesive entry of the okay. seven entries competing. So I was I wasn't disappointed that they won, but I think there's still some tweaks that need to happen here. What what what, did, what do you think of this track? Of the the full cohort of songs, I actually thought Makeda's song, which came in second, was my winner. Mm. And and I mean, it did lose the international jury vote by one point, which is impressive, actually. And the sisters, I feel like I'm coming into like some musical two thirds of the way through, and there's been a lot of family developments in Act One, and this is the first song I'm seeing, and I have no clue what's going on. Mm. It feels very theatrical. It feels very Broadway, but I also feel like I don't understand. Like, I don't, like it's it's great, but I need context. I get that. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to take back that it's great. It's good. I don't think this is as strong as last year's entry, no. but. Like I also didn't care for last year's entry, so Same. I don't I don't know how that balances out. But yeah, it's interesting that you think that this sounds Broadway because my takeaway from it is just like, oh, this kind of sounds like the track that would be playing underneath the trailer for some horror movie. I can see that, but no, like I need one of them dresses Elphaba and one of them dresses Glinda, and I have not seen the musical Wicked, so I have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think there's potential here, and I think it had the most interesting staging of the seven entries competing in Germany this year. They did have like that cool rotating platform. They did sound good live, uh, and considering yes. like having to work with that uh, rotating platform and like maintaining the like proper pacing on it and their harmonies, like I, I think they did mm-hmm. a good job with what they had to work with. They did a very good job with the material. So what, this is one thing that kind of irks me, but really doesn't isn't really anything is that they're not actually sisters what was that like i i, I was kind of confused by that because i was only sort of half paying attention because technically i was working that day Shh, don't yeah, tell my yeah, boss they're, uh. they're, they're, <laughs> but, but yeah like they're they're not sisters you can name your group anything mm-hmm. including including esters yes <laughs> but and also like why are you calling yourself sisters and your song sister interesting choices all around so <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what happens with this one yeah Germany is still figuring stuff out, I think. And last year, they did really well, and which was surprising. So, yeah, yeah, I was very surprised by that. So who knows? I could be very surprised by this one this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? It could be Hamburg 2020 for all we know. So <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. We were correct, and we were definitely not wrong. Yes, yes. Let's just throw everything <laughs> out into the universe. Uh, <laughs> we're doing great so far. Uh, <laughs> just keep naming country, country city name. 2020 and will be eventually correct it's great yes uh so budapest 2020 uh budapest with, 2020 yes with hungary and uh they wrapped up a doll on saturday yossi papai who represented uh, hungary in 2017 won the contest again with his song azin apam <laughs> And yeah, slightly different vibe from uh, Orogo, which he did uh, in 2017, but he's got a really good voice. He has a really good voice. I like this one a lot. Like for all of our joking like a couple minutes ago about Budapest 2020, I like this a lot. I wouldn't mind. I'm always raving about Adal as a process. Like I think it does a really good job of sort of publicly vetting 
their entries uh, just in the format of the show where it's just, oh, you're hearing these songs multiple times in multiple contexts. So it really does kind of stand the test of time uh, as well as the test of quality. Uh, I don't like the format of their final. Like, I think the jury has a little too much power. It starts off with uh, eight songs and uh, each juror picks their four favorites and then assigns points. And yeah, there's just something about the way the math works where it just kind of feels like there's a thumb on the scale. Yeah, that that does feel a little poorly weighted. Since they've adopted the Adal format, I believe 2012 was the first year of it, they have not missed a final. So they're doing something right. They're doing something right. And again, like I really like this song. Like I, I came into this song with kind of a bad mood of just going, but he represented them two years ago. Give me a different person and was completely charmed by this song. The field wasn't particularly strong this year, but even in a stronger field, this song would have gone the distance. And it would be great to see this do really well in Tel Aviv. Agreed. Okay, so that was part of your Saturday. Yeah, the other part of the Saturday. about Ukraine? (laughs) Oh, man. Which, as somebody who has been checking the internet and our Slack from time to time during today, don't tell my boss. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Like, so much has happened today. So much. Yeah, so, again, we record this uh, Monday evenings, uh, U.S. time. And, uh, yeah, so everything that we say from uh, here on in could be horribly out of date by the time the episode goes up Tuesday evening. Yeah, uh, that is how US fast time. things have been moving, is that? Oh, boy. Yeah, so um, the final uh, had six songs competing, and the jury is very thorough uh, in the Ukrainian process. Like, they will interrogate almost to the point of inquisition uh all of the contestants and i mean the it's mostly conducted in ukrainian uh because that's how it would work yeah (laughs) (laughs) and you could just sort of tell like how intense it's getting just because the judges are like very animated and there's a lot of finger pointing and the performers just like are kind of looking down at their feet by the end of the I don't even know what to call it. Like, Inquisition feels a little harsh, but maybe not. <laughs> it's, but, like, but and, also, uh, I saw the video clip of Jamala. I know. I, like, that, that feels very intense. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also really jarring because it's just kind of like, I have the judging kind of playing in the background because it's like, I don't speak Ukrainian. And it's just like, all right, I, I know that they're just kind of getting raked over the coals. And, and that's happening to every contestant. But then suddenly hearing... It switched to English and very pointed questions with lots of finger pointing. Just be like, oh, man, this is what is going on here? So anyway, uh, Maruv with Siren Song, uh, also known as Bang, ended up winning Vidber. It wasn't so much a controversial choice among the fandom. Like it was the crowd favorite. I think it got a quarter of the televote. A pretty popular entry. I mean, twenty five percent on mm-hmm. a six act field is is pretty good. Yeah, like it, like it did, like it got a lot of points from the jury, got a lot of points from the televote. I was looking at the at the stats, and like it was a clear winner. I know Jamala really hated this song. I mean, I think she still gave it high points just because it did have a very strong performance in the semifinal. It was 
a very sexual performance. It seemed like at times Maruv was maybe trying to turn Jamala, and uh, I was here for that. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Jamala was, though. <laughs> like, she did not have no. a sense of humor about it. The final performance was significantly toned down, but there were still some, like, light BDSM elements and maybe some, like, human centipede-ish choreography. Like, it was just, it was a little bit more palatable. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I could see it still being kind of contrary controversial or at least making like the producers a little uncomfortable but yeah maruv won and like after declaring her like dedication to ukraine and crimea and uh the whole political situation so i made the mistake of looking at all of the twitter responses to that video Mm. and oh boy and i it was just like everybody's like it's not a political contest i'm just like drink drink yeah drink yeah. <laughs> uh but like but just like everybody seemed mad at jamala everybody just seemed very mad and i didn't entirely understand it but also it's a big deal over there we're not trying to make light of the situation in crimea right now no. it's just like it is not it's just not part of the daily conversation in the u.s the way that i'm sure it is in ukraine but like just the fact that that was such a central part of the conversation and not just with Maruv, it was with all of the contestants. So I, I I'm not sure what the present day situation is over there, but I mean it is a very hot button issue. And that leads into the contract that Maruv was expected to sign to be Ukraine's representative at Eurovision. And Maruv shared this later where it was saying like she would be responsible for getting to Tel Aviv. She had to agree to the conditions set by the broadcaster, uh like don't change up the choreography at the last minute that sort of thing she wasn't getting a lot in return but like if she deviated at all she was going to be fined like two million hryvnia which is about seventy five thousand bucks us so not not a small amount of money no not not Um, something that you just have in your couch cushions right right that was really unfavorable and then a clause that was added this year was after participating at eurovision not doing any tour dates in russia for three months which is really difficult to accommodate if you are an aspiring musician in Eastern Europe. So that was a deal breaker. So Maruv won Vidber, but will not be going to Eurovision. And now Ukraine's broadcaster is negotiating with Eurovision about possibly withdrawing this year. Yeah, which... Uh, that was a that was a turn I was not expecting. I was expecting them to to go with either who was second with the jury or second with the televote. I, I'm wondering if there was just like some solidarity amongst the artists. I mean, I think part of it could be solidarity, but I think also part of it is just being like we're really getting a look at how the sausage is made. And yeah, and like the, it's not great sausage. <laughs> yeah, and it's a real no win situation for whoever yeah, would be the replacement. Yeah, nobody wants to be second choice. Like, this went from zero to hot mess over the course of, like, a couple days. Yeah, and it's a real shame, too, because... I was about to say, let's talk about the song. Bang. This song is the first song that I really felt legitimately thinking that this could win. My husband and I were actually discussing, oh, so are we going back to Ukraine if they end up winning? And just like, yeah, absolutely. It's like, great. <laughs> and yeah, like it, it's it's so different. It, it But it also has very Ukrainian sound, like the horns coming mm-hmm. in right after the, the bang part of it. Mm-hmm. it. It's just, it reminded me of uh, Anuka, the interval act from 2017, where yes. like that was a hypnotic performance. And I would have loved to have seen 
something like that again. And mm-hmm. I think this song is great. It's a real banger. It's like super popular among the Eurovision community, from what I can tell. Like I've not seen any detractors. So I have started to pay attention to the various people who just crank out the My Top X, where X is the number of participants where we know their actual song mm-hmm. on YouTube. And like everybody has been having this at the top of their list. Yeah. Somewhat to my confusion, it just to just to swap things over to because <laughs> I, I think the song is fine. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's the sort of song where I'm like, okay, I can see this winning, even though it's not my per- my personal taste. I like the horn line that you like too, but I think that the horn line is doing a lot of the horn line and the general performance is doing a lot of the work, and that the when it comes to the actual song, there's not a lot of there there. That's fair. I yeah, I mean, I I definitely get that point of view. Mm-hmm. I think it's also just kind of an indication of just how oatmeal-y this year's field has been so far yeah. where it's just like oh finally something to latch onto. yeah and like this is her performance of this is really really good and like the visual it's very strong mm-hmm. and that helps sell what i think is other like without that visual this would be very repetitive and would be leaning a little too hard on the instrumentation and a little too hard on the sex or burlesqueness of the yes. performance and i think there would have been some elements that just wouldn't have worked in a format that doesn't have like judges sitting at a table 10 feet away because yeah. um, she would just be playing to the audience at that point. And but I guess we'll never know how this would have worked. And this is one that literally got away in like 48 hours. Yeah. And there are going to be some serious consequences for Ukraine for this. Yeah, I like mean, if, like, if they like they are considering like having to pay a fine over having to name another artist. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can name another artist. Like that that is fine. But if this like if they end up withdrawing, like they have to pay the fine for withdrawing too late. And I could see the EBU being like, yeah, and you don't get to compete next year either. Like that Oh yeah, I could totally see that too. Like they could say we're taking our ball and leaving and the EBU will be like, cool. See you in a couple years. Yeah. It would preserve Ukraine's record of having uh never missed a final, but this is not how things are done. <sighs> yeah. So uh, let's. Uh, on the other hand, it's nice to have some Eurovision drama. Well, actually, no. I mean, we already had a bunch of that. Never mind. I take it back. Drama is fine, but like not the thing that's just like making everybody so mad. Like, why is everybody yeah. mad this year? <laughs> can we, can, um, let, let, let's talk about a country that's not mad. Let's talk about Denmark. Yeah, let's talk about Denmark. Denmark had a very nice final on Saturday. I enjoyed it a lot. I went into this year blind. Usually I've done like a little bit of listening beforehand and Mm -hmm. was pleasantly surprised the range of songs and also by how terrible the costuming was this year. And I don't know if it's like just this year or every year, but like everything was shiny in a bad way. I was so floored by how awful the wardrobe was. And like normally I don't notice these things, but like the first, Mm -hmm. the first competitor was wearing a dress and these sneakers and, but it was like sneakers that you throw on to like run to the gas station to get a Diet Coke or something. Not Yeah, because it's snowing out and you don't want the shoes that you care about to get messed up. Right, right. And, but then it was just like act after act, just having this I think I had said something along the lines of, like, anybody here could win the Barbara Dax Award. Yes, yes. And I I was just like, yeah, I think the art direction here was frumpy with glitter. And yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, like... I- Actually, no, I think one act, like kind of didn't hit that and it's the one that won so we'll come back to it like Mm -hmm. i thought that that one was like well done throughout i totally get why it won so there were 10 songs competing three of those ended up in the super final i was super super pleased that of my ranking of things my number two three and four were the final three oh nice yeah, like it, it's always nice to know that that your your brain is on the same wavelength as another country's when you're not there. 
Mm -hmm. In third place was Sigmund with Say My Name, and that was... I, I want to come back to that one maybe later this season. We'll see how the rest of the field shakes out because it was referencing about three different songs by a band years and years that I really like and who had an album last year that was doing a lot of the same kind of sci-fi-y things that the, the performance here was doing. But that one I thought was maybe a little out there for like Eurovision proper. The one that felt kind of very traditional Eurovision kind of 10 years ago Eurovision even maybe. Uh, Julie and Nina had League of Light, which came in second place. That one was notable because it features a portion in Greenlandic. Both Julie and Nina have Greenlandic heritage. I thought it was a cool nod to that. I'm glad that we are seeing a diversification of the languages and voices that Eurovision showcases, but also that song felt kind of dated, and I felt bad about it, but not that bad about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it would have been cool to have Greenlandic as a language, because it would have been the first song to compete at Eurovision with Greenlandic in it. Yeah. Aside from that, there just wasn't anything modern about it, yeah. Felt like an Israeli entry from about 10 years ago, uh, there must be another way. Mm. It has genericness to it, and generic is fine, but I think that you should go with challenging things. Like, it feels like a lot of countries this year are picking interesting things, and I would much prefer an interesting Eurovision. Yes. Sigma was a little bit out there, Julie Nina was a little bit too staid and too traditional, and I think that they found, like, a nice middle ground between those two impulses in what won, which was Leonora's Love is Forever. Love is forever. Love is forever and everyone. Just a taste of love, a taste of what could actually rule both me and you. Mike, I want to know what you thought about this one first. Coming from watching Ukraine's selection, part of me was just like, Denmark, read the room. We're not in the mood for this right now. <laughs> um, but then, like, actually, like listening to it in a in a less tense environment, yeah, it's it's a pleasant song. It kind of reminds me of a Swiss entry. I think it was in 2011. Love for a while. Mm -hmm. It was nice and pleasant and refreshing. Like, it mm -hmm. kind of kind of lemonade. Like, I have some problem with the staging. The first part of it. Uh, has Leonora like in front of a screen. Her back is to the audience, kind of what Sarah Alta was doing last year, where mm -hmm. like she is just behind this contraption. It's like, cool, live audience can't see anything for the first verse. That's gonna just drop like a lead balloon in the in the mm -hmm. room. But overall, it, it felt very Danish, like just mm -hmm. in their kind of like upbeat. We're one of the happiest the world's happiest styles. people, or at least that's what the surveys keep saying about Copenhagen. I said that this was the the correct choice. I agree with you that the lyrics of the the lyric part was like, "Don't get too political." Uh, mm -hmm. Just like Denmark, read the room. Come mm -hmm. on. But on the other hand, there is a refreshing sweetness to the song, and I think it is deceptively simple. It feels very straightforward, very simple. But as soon as I found out that Leonora is like a former elite figure skater, oh, really? Like, yes. Huh? Yeah. Like she's not just a figure skater. She was at the elite level. She was competitive for a few years, and now she is focusing on music. Oh, all right. Knowing that helped make this song make much more sense to me, and it feels like a song that a figure skater would choose, and I mean that in a good way. Okay. Because it has some technical elements. Like she has some runs at the end of at the end of the chorus that sort of go to the top of her range. Mm -hmm. There is a verse out of nowhere in French, and executing that is another level of difficulty. Right. And doing all this while you are being hoisted onto a large chair by some sort of mechanical contraption mm -hmm. during the performance adds like another level of difficulty. Like It makes a lot of sense. Uh, I like that the staging is, is very simple, and I share your concern about the part where she's not like visible to the audience, but they also move very quickly on that part to very quickly reveal, unlike what Finland did. Right. 
Finland yeah. was there for like a verse and a chorus. This sort of by the end of the verse is like out there and immediately has like the little has everybody's camera phones lighting up like fireflies. For some reason, I really like the part where the two they weren't really dancers, but they were like coming but, like, out they with the ladders, the ladders and they also and... climb up with her. Yes, yeah. I was like, okay, that's kind of a cool element. It's it's kind of funny where one of the concerns about the venue this year is that the stage is going to be so small. It's like, oh, that's all right. We this is the second act and probably not the last one that's building up rather than spreading out. And it's like, all yes. right, I I like this development. So yeah, I, I like this. Uh, yeah, and like I think that it, it felt like they were thinking about this being sort of smaller staging because this felt very compact. Mm-hmm. I have no clue how this is resonating with fans, whether they are sort of hearing it and rolling their eyes at it, but it felt like a glass of lemonade and that it's not too sweet. Like it's just right. Right. It's refreshing. It feels like like a like a nice palate cleanser between more intense things, which is fine. I hope that means it doesn't get sort of overlooked. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Mike, my favorite question that I only get to ask one more time on our program. Oh, so you think. How many people are in Lithuania? Have we chosen a winner? As of right now, there is one person in Lithuania. It is Urius with the song Run with the Lions. So Lithuania has finally finished its marathon, and oh, there was so much goofiness leading up to the, <laughs> the finale. <laughs> oh man, yeah, like, like, they, and they did a really good job of squeaking it in under the wire too, because we were just like, okay, cool, it's just gonna be Monica Maria has has a larger chance than everybody else of winning, and then surprise. Yeah, well, starting with Urius, he was almost disqualified because apparently his song may have been performed publicly before the September first deadline, start date, whatever you want to call it for this season. Lithuania apparently investigated it and gave it the okay. And it's one of those rules that it's so weirdly enforced where it's just like, oh, well, yeah, it could be on YouTube or like performed at a concert. But if only like 250 people saw it, that doesn't really count. They just want to make sure it's not something where it like goes viral and like 50 million people have seen it. And it's like, oh, that's going to bias folks. So yeah, he was allowed to compete. And obviously that worked out for him. Yeah. As for Monica, uh, yeah. she had two entries in the final. She had Criminal and Light On, and she really wanted to compete with Light On. So she decided to withdraw Criminal. And she also incurred a fine, which I did not know that Lithuania had a fining process until this year. And this is the second time it's come up. So that's fun. So she withdrew criminal and uh, Chico Allen ended up taking her place. It was Monica Maria versus seven other acts uh, rather than her taking up two of the eight slots. The jury and televote came in and it was a perfect match all the way up and down. Uh, And uh, Urias won both the jury and the televote. So congrats. <laughs> and here we are. He's had a lot of Eurovision experience before. Like this is, uh, he's been a backing singer for a number of acts that have uh, competed. So let's talk about the song. Uh, what, what, what do you think of this track? It feels like a song that should be soundtracking uh, and an ABC primetime programs pr- commercial. I'm still working it out. Like it feels like a family drama to me. Okay. Okay. Pro- probably, probably a family with the last name Lions. Mm. I don't know. I, I still haven't dis- determined whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. Yet. Like, I need to live yeah. with, this, with this one a little bit more. Like, my attention was a little bit more focused on all of the Ukraine drama. And that's kind of interesting. Like, I have, I really have to wonder what that effect is going to have on the songs that were selected this weekend, where it's just like, oh, 
all of these will get lost in the shuffle because everybody was focused on something else. So Because Ukraine um, exploded. Yeah. I think this song is okay. Yeah, like it's, um, it's, it's nice, but it's maybe just nice. Yeah. It's something about Lithuania's process where they pick songs of this type, mm-hmm. which seem, uh, it's really sweet. It's really kind of bland or generic. But then they end up doing really well at the contest. Like last mm. year's entry, I thought, uh, like, after coming out of the process, was just like, eh, it's all right. I think it might be a little too fragile for the stage. And it ended up being one of my favorite performances last year. So maybe it's just their process kind of maybe? waters things down. <laughs> but then once, be. yeah, but then once yeah, but- like it, get, it gets a chance to kind of wring out some of that water, like there's something there. I don't know. Yeah, like like right now we've just been in, in a, like a week's long state of just pick something. Just mm-hmm. pick a song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now they picked a song, and we've just been inundated with entry after entry. And once this has a chance to like breathe on its own, it could be great. This is another one where there's a lot of room to work with what they have. Yes. Like the stage performance was kind of blah, but that is an easy thing to fix. And yeah. I mean, he's got he's got a good voice, and he has a lot of good control of his voice. So I'm not worried about the live performance of this. It just needs to be a little bit more engaging. Yeah, it needs and... a little bit more oomph. Right, right, and I think that's that's going to be possible. Yeah, that's doable. They have they they have a few months to work that out. Yeah, yeah, and and like they don't have to worry about any of the other drama of like songs withdrawing or people not showing up. It's like okay, we're locked in now. So <laughs> yeah, yes, <sighs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it was a pretty exhausting weekend, uh, and that was just with the selection stuff. How was Melfest? Ah, uh- <laughs> uh, Melfest is chugging along. My radar is, is back for that, which makes me happy. Oh, good. I, I, yeah, like I was on track with what was going to make it and what was not going to make it. I think I think there were like a couple things where like I've I've nailed the top four. I usually nail the top four mm-hmm. in some order, and then I know what's not making it at all. And I was right. There's some interesting stuff coming up in Andre Johnson. Some interesting matchups, just based on all of their rules about how you, how songs can't face something they've faced before. And just figuring out how they're going to do that and what order they're going to face in. So that should be interesting to see how things shake out. Of the upcoming matchups, there's one where I want nothing to win and one where I want both to win. So hopefully the voting mm. works out. That was like the other thing going on this weekend is that Melfest is continuing along. Ratings still seem to be a little bit down from last year, but still a lot of votes coming in. So that's exciting. And just some fun stuff with the voting process where we're only really seeing it right now in like what's not getting through. Mm-hmm. And seeing the the votes for that, but I'm really wondering like what that's going to do to like the final voting totals. I really hope that we get the detailed data drop of like which age groups gave points to whom and how how that all split out because this past week was really weird where the person in fifth place had only about four thousand votes more than the act that finished in seventh place and that's including a second round of voting so there's some interesting yeah, there's, math that's taking yeah, there's some place weird math going on and i and we're not seeing the full picture so i can't understand like how it's really going to affect things so looking ahead to this saturday which is shaping up into be super saturday too yeah so starting things off will be finland's umk all three of derude's songs have been released uh they are release me superman and look away 
just like last year, we'll see the stage performances of these and the public will vote. And one of those three songs will be what goes to Tel Aviv. Have you had a chance to listen to these tracks yet? I have listened through all three of them and I am not sure what's going to win. I'm really confused as to how these are going to be staged. And like, I'm... I'm worried that it's going to end up being like Poland's entry last year, where it's just like Darude doing weird arms things and uh, Sebastian Raymond just kind of running around the stage. Yeah, I I am actively concerned about that. Mostly having listened to all three of these, I'm like, oh no. Guys, no, Poland Poland didn't do a good job last year. Please don't do this. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, they could be full of surprises. I mean, Finland knows how to do staging so hopefully they will learn from poland's mistakes yes fingers Um, crossed on that continuing down the list georgia idol is down to their four finalists uh the winner of georgia idol which will be determined next weekend will sing a finalist song at eurovision and we will find out what that song is as part of georgia idol yes okay yeah i wasn't sure if they were doing it that way or if they were doing sort of the procession of here is our entry that's happening after this super saturday Nope. Uh, I believe there have been three songs submitted. So uh, my guess is somebody's getting booted off the show at the very beginning, and then the three finalists will perform the song, and then there'll be a televote, and whoever wins that will go to Eurovision with that song. So Probably, yeah. Who will have their moment like this? Yes. <laughs> I am super excited for Song of a Captain, and... Not to be dramatic, but I will ride if Hatari does not win. Now with Ukraine presumably out of the picture, it is Hatari's to lose at this point. Yeah, so. like, I, like <laughs> we've joked about Budapest 2020. We have joked about Kiev 2020. I am here for Reykjavik 2020. Mm-hmm. With Song of a Captain, there are five entries. Uh, Friedrich Omar is opening. He is performing in Icelandic. Uh, then there are three entries being performed in English. And then Hatari is closing, which is a very wise decision on the part of the producers there. Uh, because that's going to be a show. If the format's like in previous years, they're probably doing a super final. And just in terms of like the stage crew would probably appreciate, oh, if we don't have to set this up twice, uh, that that would be nice. Yeah, so (laughs) I would, yeah. Uh, as I my my feeling is that if Hatari gets into that top two, they're going to take it. I'm not even sure what what could really compete with it. Friedrich Omar's uh, entry is is nice, but as as I mentioned uh, earlier in this program, uh, I would much rather pick the interesting option and hatari is just all of the interesting mm-hmm. fingers crossed for that like honestly iceland can't do worse than last year so come on mm. make the right no, choice no. <laughs> <laughs> also choosing on saturday will be moldova originally they were scheduled for sunday but they didn't need a semifinal this year uh they managed to cut the field down to 10 after the initial audition phase so bumping that uh, yeah, up on the I, I like that they had like a, a more elaborate process planned we're like actually no we have 10 good songs so we're just gonna do a final <laughs> yeah although according to one of the uh jurors from the audition they did not care for any of the songs so <laughs> 10 good songs might be stretching it a bit but we have uh, five good songs and we need a few more yeah yeah it, it, i don't know it could also just be the standards are really high this year just because they've been doing really well they, the last yeah, couple of years had a couple so. very good years and you know you want to keep doing well you want to keep hold yourself to that high standard that one should be fun to watch uh yes. another another fun one will be norway's melody grand prix they also have 10 songs competing they have an interesting crew uh they of some past people some new people doing interesting things yeah a man it, in a man in makeup so I'm just I'm just excited. Also finishing up on Saturday will be uh, Portugal's Festival da Canção that has eight finalists and 
Portugal is going to Portugal in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but I I think I think they finally figured out how to make their entries a little bit more accessible. Like the, I think that was one of their problems back before they took a couple of hiatuses uh, the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's a pretty good field. It's it's subdued and just kind of a mood. Uh, which oh oh good they they heard the news yeah that one should be a pretty good show like it, it it's happening before Saturday thank you Serbia our Serbia's semifinals which are happening on Wednesday and Thursday of this week which is exciting mm-hmm. and then there is a final on Sunday you do you Serbia thank you for staging things on Sunday after this we just have the processional of we have named our artist here is their song. Yeah, and that procession starts Thursday. Belgium will be releasing their song on Monday. Uh, North Macedonia will be releasing their song. And it's pretty much going to be at least one song per day uh, up until the March 11th submission deadline. So get excited. <laughs> There's so much stuff to talk There's about in so little time. So many things. <laughs> so little time. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, So hopefully things won't be as dramatic uh, as the last couple of weekends, but a little drama is fine. Got to keep it interesting. That's going to do it for this episode of the EuroWhat. Thanks for listening. The EuroWhat podcast is hosted by Mike McComb. That's me and Ben Smith. That's me. You can find us on our website at EuroWhat.com and on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at EuroWhat. If you'd like to contact us by email, we can be reached at esc at whatelseison.tv. We'd love to hear your questions and comments. You can subscribe to the Your What on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice. Rating and reviewing the podcast when you subscribe also helps other Eurovision fans find us. Word of mouth is still the best way to get folks to listen, so please be sure to tell your friends about the Euro What podcast. We'll be back next week to try to make sense of what's new in Eurovision. Okay. Okay. Okay.